0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and co-parents of all ages this podcast is for you introducing in the center ring the amicable divorce expert Judith Weigel welcome back everybody it is wonderful to be here I just returned from doing a TEDx speech Uh, It's called TEDx Woodenville. That's how you have to talk about where the speech was. But you all know what TED Talks are. Well, a lot of you know what TED Talks are. TED Talks are a series of talks put on by a private group called TED. Where TED came from, I don't know. But it's all advancing new concepts in life, science, industry, culture, human relationships. And so I just delivered a TED Talk that I really think will benefit you now as you're waiting for it to be uploaded to YouTube at some point between a month and three months. But the talk was about grieving before filing in order to have an amicable divorce. Now, you've all heard me talk about the recipe for a heart-healthy divorce. There are four steps, and one of them is... Uh, compartmentalizing time. Well, compartmentalizing emotion is what I want to talk about today, because in the TEDx talk, I talked about grieving before filing. And if you grieve before you file and go through the seven stages of divorce grief, which are shock, denial, anger, bargaining, Depression, acceptance, and forgiveness. You want to get to acceptance and forgiveness ideally before you file because, and this is a line I used in the talk and I've used it with clients before, you cannot make sound legal decisions with a bleeding heart. It's impossible. People make really bad decisions if they haven't grieved if they haven't gotten to acceptance that your life is changing through this divorce, and you can make it change for the better. You are in control of your emotions, whether you know it or not. Emotions do pop up with trigger points we know that in fact. I heard somebody say about their spouse, um, uh, they're at a point of financial decision-making, and this one spouse said about the other, I hate my spouse. I just hate my spouse. And I, I get it, that will happen, but it's the forgiveness piece that you have to get to if you want to be in control of your happiness. Really and truly, if you're married to somebody who has a high conflict personality, bipolar, narcissistic, sociopathic, multiple personalities, um, they weren't—they didn't ask to be born that way. But you have to deal with them. You—you you have to understand how to communicate with them. So when we're emotional when we run into those trigger points along the way while we're grieving or when we think we're done with grieving and we're ready to file, when we've accepted the fact that the divorce is going to happen, it's going to change our lives. Okay, I've accepted it. Then it's time to file. But I'm telling you, people take a while to forgive and once you've hit forgiveness man you're on easy street you're now in control of your happiness which means you're going to you're more in control of your emotions so it's not that you can prevent emotions from popping up they they will emotions <clears throat> excuse me are in their in our muscle memory So there's going to be trigger points. They're going to pop up. But it's how we manage those emotions. That's really important. So I want to talk a little bit about how to compartmentalize emotion. When I talk about compartmentalizing time in my recipe for a heart-healthy divorce, I really didn't think about compartmentalizing emotions. And while I was Dealing with the TEDx talk, which was an enormous amount of work, unbelievable amount of work to write the speech, to get it approved, to rehearse the speech, and then to get from a rehearsed speech to it being your story, a natural outgrowth of how you think and feel. Then the speech becomes a much better Speech when you go to deliver it and people enjoy it more. So I really, so I was challenged. This is how I want to share this journey with what you're going through in divorce. There is a serious parallel here. So along the way from July until last Saturday, October 14th, I was challenged along the way more than you know. First of all, my business increased. With increased business becomes increased emotions I have to deal with from my clients. I walk on an emotional landmine for a living. And that's what you do in divorce. You walk on an emotional landmine in your divorce. If you have children, oh my God, my heart goes out to you. It's not just about dividing stuff. Now you've got to interact with your spouse until your children are no longer minors. So you not only have to divide your financial stuff, you have to deal with your spouse. And this is Herculean. You all should get an award for co-parenting during a divorce and after a divorce. I am amazed at how all of you do it. I am completely amazed and my hat goes off to all of you. So let me talk about managing emotions, compartmentalizing emotions. So things that I had to deal with were my clients. Okay, fine. I'm used to that. But that on top of all this extra work. And so what else was I challenged with? Well, if any of you are animal lovers, my cat was going through kidney failure, dental work. I, I didn't even understand that she was in dire need of dental work and that was probably affecting her in other parts of her body. I get very emotional over animals, hugely emotional, because like children, you're so responsible for animals and they can't really tell you what's wrong. They can just show you their. Uncomfortable children cry. Animals sometimes cry too, but their behavior changes, and that's your indication that, oops, you know, got to pay attention to something. And then someone hit my car. Thank God, not horribly. But there was that. Um, I, I just I was going through dental work. I forgot about that. It, it took months, and it was painful. So you know, what I had to learn how to do is when some emotional issue came up, I had to look at what my agenda was and when I was going to worry about it. That's how I had to look at it. I had to look at servicing my clients because you all are in pain. Well, those of you who are my clients are in pain. You're all in pain going through a divorce and whoever's dealing with you has to understand that and has to be able to address those emotions and that pain and show you not in as a therapist, but just as a human being who also has emotional challenges. You have to compartmentalize them. You have to decide when you're going to worry about things. And so I learned how to, okay, I have time now. Let me deal with this. Let me do whatever I can to heal, to progress through and make decisions to get the car fixed, if it needs fixed, to get the cat worked on, to get me worked on. And so this is what you have to do um, in, in your divorce, and then you go to work. So here's what you need to do in terms of managing your emotions during divorce. First of all, you have to understand that emotions will run rampant throughout divorce. It's simply going to happen, which is why it's so important to grieve before filing. You can take a lot, you can take care of a lot of that emotion if you grieve before filing. And so how do you do that? You tell your spouse you need time to grieve. That's exactly what you do. You first of all understand you both have to grieve. Now, if you're the one who's been asked for the divorce, your spouse doesn't understand that they've gone through grieving before they even told you they wanted a divorce. They don't understand that. So they're in fear, they're processing, how am I going to do it? Is it really the right time to do it? Should I be doing it? Are there other steps I should be taking? Does this make me a horrible person because I want to get divorced? Um, And then there'll be a time where they're going to want to make you the worst person in the world so so that they can accept the fact that they're going to ask for a divorce. And it's just a defense mechanism. So, what the initiator of the divorce doesn't realize is that they've been processing all of the emotions of the uncoupling before they've even talked to you about getting a divorce. And then they just expect it to move forward smoothly. They don't understand that you need time to grieve once you've been told the divorce is about to happen or that they want a divorce. And if you're the initiator, You have to allow your spouse the time you've had to process their emotions. It's a must. And even when you've grieved before filing, both of you, emotions are still going to pop up. So I just want you to understand that and not get upset over it. It's normal. It's natural. Number two, how do we manage those emotions? Okay, well, most of us have to work even in a two-parent household it, it it depending on where you live it's seriously expensive if you're lucky enough to not have to work great but maybe you're going to have to work once the divorce takes place and afterwards so how do we manage our emotions first of all when emotions pop up say okay i get it i've just been triggered uh i'm having an emotional reaction breathe take deep breaths. When you take deep breaths, it calms your body and your mind and your heart stops racing. Because when we get emotional, our heart stop starts racing. Our blood pressure goes up. And if you can just sit quietly for a second and breathe for several times, that will calm you down. And then look at where you're at. Are you driving? Are you with children? Are you at work? If you are in the middle of doing something, which most of us are, just say, I'm going to think about this later. The issue isn't going to go away. And if it's not an emergency, just say, I'm going to process and think about this later. After I get home, when I have time to just sit quietly and think, what's the best way to deal with whatever the trigger point was that caused you to be emotional? And just logic it through. Because emotions emotions put us out of whack. They tend to compromise our logic. There's parts of the brain that are triggered, the amygdala, Which is the logical portion of the brain. You have to sit quietly and say, okay, how am I going to problem solve? How am I going to figure out this issue that just caused me to be emotional? And just going through that process will help you deal with those emotions, but breathe and then look at where you look at the appropriate place in your schedule to sit with this issue and logic it out and see how you would like to deal with it. Number three, the benefit in doing this, the benefit in managing our emotions. Well, the benefit is we remain in control of ourselves and we must remain in control of ourselves at all times. You know, when we give into our emotions, they take over. And they make us do things and say things that we're sorry for, that can compromise us, that can put us in a worse position that we're already in. We'll yell at people, we'll hurt people, we'll then end up having to apologize to people. But, you know, if you can manage your emotions, oh my God, you can really handle a lot of what life throws at you in a much more graceful way. And if you can do that, holy heck, you're in a great position. You're in charge of yourself now. You're able to take on whatever life throws at you. If you understand that managing your emotions is part of the process. You know, we're all given challenges in life when we least expect them. But as long as we can understand that we don't have to deal with things right now, I mean, unless it's life and death, of course, we don't have to deal with things right now. We can say, you know what? Let me get back to you. I want to think this through. If it's your attorney calling you, your mediator calling you, your therapist, your children whoever it is that either is part of the emotion that you're feeling that you've been presented with or people that you just have to deal with that day, you can just tell people, look, I'm very emotional now. I need a minute to collect myself to think to calm down. Let me get back to you later. Here's when I'm going to literally sit down, think this through, and then get back to you. That puts you in control. And see, when we're emotional, we feel like we're out of control. And that's what divorce can make us do. It can make us feel out of control, but you're never out of control. Control is always there. You just need to know how to exercise control. And in exercising control, you need to compartmentalize your emotion. You know, I can't really deal with this right now. I'm at work. I'm in the middle of a meeting. I have a project I have to work on. But I will take care of this later when I get home or when I have a minute. And as long as you communicate that with people, you're going to be fine. Everybody understands. Now, if you have a spouse that is out of control, which many of you do, all you can do is say, look, this is what I need to do. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're mad. That's okay. Um, please stop emailing me. Please stop texting me. I am not going to look at or respond to any more texts or emails or phone calls. I'm just not going to do it. I have to get through work today and I do need time to process, but this will give, I will put my attention on this. As long as you do that, that's the best you can do. And honestly, that shows you're in control of yourself and your health will benefit from it. Your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health. All three aspects of our being are affected by emotions. And the more you can compartmentalize those emotions, meaning put them in their place time-wise, you're going to do fine you're going to start feeling really in control of yourself. That's going to be such a great feeling, and then fear is going to diminish. Trust me, that will happen. Okay, number four, the timing of dealing with emotions. Well, that's what I was just talking about. Don't do it now. If something happens that triggers your emotion, don't respond again unless it's health, life and death. Other than that, don't do it. Decide when you want to deal with the divorce. You can't do it while you're working. In fact, use work as your respite. Use work as the time when you're not allowed to deal with your emotions and divorce. Uh Uh-uh. You need to work. You need to put full focus and energy into your work, and the, and nobody can argue about that, right? Don't we apologize sometimes if we call somebody and they're in the middle of work? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to disrupt you. Of course we do. So that you have to ask for that. You have to say, "I absolutely have made." the divorce a priority, but not during my workday. I have assigned time this evening. I assigned time on the weekends. And believe me, I'll get back to you. But I also want to process this. This is important to me. If you acknowledge the importance of something somebody has just brought to you, or something has just happened, acknowledge the importance of it, but do it when you're clear-headed, when nothing else is happening, the timing of when we deal with our emotions is so incredibly important. That's why hiring a divorce coach or a therapist is so wonderful because we, of course, have our appointment time with them, don't we? And that's when we can just unleash, unload, <laughs> Um, and really... Focus on emotions. And if we can do it with a professional, if you're able to financially handle that and you have the right professional working with you, certainly the ones who understand and know the seven stages of divorce grief, that's a perfect opportunity. That's when you really have a partner to walk you through how to handle the emotions or listen to you in terms of how you're handling your emotions. But hiring a professional uh, gives you a point in time each week or every other week, depending on what you can afford. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you've now made a time where you can focus on yourself and on how to get through emotions and then with your therapist to de- devise a calendar of when you're going to work on the divorce and emotions as they come up all right number five the importance of grieving before filing well i mentioned it earlier i'm going to mention it again it is incredibly important to grieve before filing so <clears throat> when i have people coming to me to file or mediate I can't stop them from wanting to file. But if it's fresh, if the decision has just come up, I suggest they take the time to grieve. I'm always going to be here or someone's always going to be here to help you. You don't have to jump right from the fire pan, the frying pan into the fire. You don't have to do that. It is so very important to grieve like, okay, you're sick, you get COVID, you get the flu, you get a cold. Well, you have to stay home. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your physical body. Well, you have to take care of your heart. You have to take care of your mind. You have to take care of your emotions. You really have to tend to yourself like that. Um I have kiddingly, but seriously at the same time said, get an exercise program or something that involves laughter. Goat yoga, puppy yoga. Oh my God. If you in your city don't have puppy yoga, suggest to the yoga studio, they engage in puppy yoga. I mean, who doesn't melt when they see puppies? And yoga is so refreshing. It calms you down. It puts you in a different zone. And you combine little puppies running around in the yoga studio with you putting your body, mind, heart in a much better position. You've got it. You're on your way to compartmentalizing your emotions, dealing with your emotions properly and controlling your reactions. I, it is So grieving before filing, I cannot stress enough how important that is. And that was my whole TEDx talk, was about grieving before filing. Uh, just the most important thing you could possibly do. Grieving is food for the soul. And then number six, the seven stages of divorce grief and the significance of forgiveness. Okay, again here are the seven stages of divorce grief. Shock, denial, anger, bargaining. The bargaining is, do you really want to divorce me? Can't we go to therapy? I know you've wanted me to go to therapy before and I didn't want to, but now I see it was important. I blew it. That's bargaining when your other spouse has just said, no, enough is enough. I've now moved forward. And let me tell you it happens and you can't bargain your way out of it. Followed by depression. You have to get through most, if not all of those. And once you've hit acceptance, it's time to file. So shock. Okay. How many calls have I gotten from people saying, I'm shocked, I just got served with a petition for divorce. I'm shocked. I thought things were going well. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, you didn't. You knew things weren't well. Here's what you were shocked about, that your spouse took the initiative and did it and didn't do it with you. That's what you were shocked about. Now, there are those unusual situations where people are served with a petition for divorce and truly you had no idea, never had a talk, seemed like things were okay. And your spouse was living a double life. Yep. That happens. Your spouse is living a double life. Okay. You're shocked. Get it. You go into denial. Does this really have to happen? Seriously? Can't we do something about this? I know you don't really mean it. That's denial, anger. And then when you don't get them to stop, revisit, take back the petition. You get really angry or you get angry over the situation. Why couldn't have this worked out? Why couldn't you have tried harder? That's where the blame comes in. The blame comes in in the anger stage. You're so angry, you have to blame your spouse. Okay, that's not going to go anywhere, but that is a stage you go through. Then you bargain. You sure we can't try this again? I'm so sorry. I know you wanted to go to therapy. Yada, yada. And then depression. When all, when none of the first four steps work, you become really depressed. Your work suffers. Your children notice it. You forget things like simple things you forget from paying bills to picking your kids up from school to forgetting something important on the calendar, maybe something for your kids at school, or you were supposed to go to the dry cleaners, pick something. I mean, little things you forget. You also forget things at work. Your work really does suffer. Depression is a killer. Now you really need a therapist because you can't languish in depression. Well, you want to languish in depression As much as you need to, but no longer than you need to. But depression comes. Of course it comes. Then we blame ourselves. Why couldn't I have been a better person? How could I have not seen that my actions were going to cause my spouse to want to divorce me? How could I have screwed this up? Oh my gosh, it's all my fault. Then it's all their fault. I mean, this happens to everybody. And I, I say a professional. We need professionals in our lives. Yes, we have family. Yes, we have friends. But honestly, you need a professional. You know, don't unload on your family and friends your whole divorce thing. Keep them out of it as much as possible because they don't really know exactly what happened in the house. You're not going to explain what happened, putting culpability on your end when you're explaining things. It's going to be all their fault. And so they're going to blame your spouse. It's not their business. It really isn't their business. This is your life. This is for you to figure out. And if you can keep it this way, you're going to be a strong person. You're going to feel really proud of yourself at the end of the day, that you didn't lay your whole divorce on other people, even though people want to help. They're there for you. Just say, thank you, I understand it. And if I need to, I will come to you. But I think I need to figure this out myself. And I do have professional help. Acceptance. Okay, I understand this is going to happen. Stuff happens. Use divorce as a new beginning. Use divorce as part of your life's journey. What was I supposed to learn from this? That goes in the acceptance stage because everything is a learning lesson. I mean, I hate that everything is a learning lesson. I wish everybody's life was a cakewalk, but it is not. So the only way for us to look at life as being fair, we all want fairness, right? Is to say, okay, maybe this is something I needed to learn. This is part of my life journey. And if you can look at divorce like this, then you're doing really, really well. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take the hard knocks of life and learn from them. And then the last stage is forgiveness. Forgiving ourselves, first of all. That's really where we have to be. Forgiving ourselves for any mistakes that we made, for marrying the wrong person. Sometimes we know we're marrying the wrong person. Sometimes we know we're not completely in love. You know, sometimes we really do know that we marry anyway for a myriad of reasons. They check all the right boxes. They have a lot of money. They're handsome. They're beautiful. It elevates who we are to marry this person. Um, I don't really know what love is. I never felt that. Um I'm getting older, it's time to have children. So this is the only person who asked me to marry them. I mean, there's so many different reasons why we marry that turn out to be the wrong reasons, but who cares? We did it, now we have to learn from it. And when we can get to that part, who cares? We did it, now we have to learn from it. Now you can forgive yourself. Because you're just a human being. And we're, we're all the same. We're all connected in that way. And if you think people are having a cakewalk of a life, believe me, you don't know their backstories. If you, if you knew everybody's backstory, you would know everybody has some kind of adversity they have to deal with. Everybody. So it's time to forgive yourselves. If you can fast track and get to forgiveness, oh my gosh, you will respond differently in the divorce. You will behave differently in the divorce. You will accept the divorce differently. Forgiving yourself is the best gift you can ever give yourself. And then once you forgive yourself, your heart is open to say, okay, maybe this person, my spouse, did horrible things to me. Did they know better? Are they equipped to be able to be a different person? Did they marry somebody or get hooked up in another relationship and that person changed them from being amicable with me to being horrible? That happens so often. But if you can forgive yourself and forgive them for being human, you at least have another tool bag, another skill set, another way of approaching this issue in your life called divorce. And now you know how to compartmentalize emotions. You don't react in present time, You say, okay, okay, this is important. Let me deal with this when I'm able to think clearly, make better decisions, and advance this challenge better. Do not think about divorce at work. Do not respond to angry texts, emails, and phone calls at work. The only thing you respond to at work is about your children. That's it. Because they need your help if something happens. But once you understand how to compartmentalize emotions, know that you are in charge of when you want to worry, you will be able to handle a lot of life's challenges so much better. And divorce will be the gift you were given to learn this lesson. Well, that's it for today. I hope this has helped some of you. I'm sure this has. So please, if you have found this to be important, share this with other people going through divorce. Subscribe if you haven't. Hit like if you can. And as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else.